Hello and welcome back to the In Repose podcast with your host, Caitlin of Caitlin Curiosity. In Repose is a space for us to have intentional conversations about our homes, our businesses, our relationships, the experiences we have in just life in general. And I'm so grateful you're joining us for yet another week of intentional conversation. If this is your first week joining us, a big virtual welcome, hello. And we're going to be doing something a little bit different over the next four weeks. We are going to be having conversations with other people on this podcast. So it's not just me talking to you. It's going to be all three of us together, which I'm really, really excited for over the next four weeks. And we are kicking it off this week with Kristen Stevens, who's an incredible astrologist. She was on the podcast a few months ago, giving us an introduction to herself, an introduction to astrology, and we're going to be partnering up. I'm going to be calling her our in-house astrologist because she's going to be coming back quarterly and doing quarterly forecasts with us, which I'm so excited about because I'm just so grateful to be in a place where I can bring on people that I've worked with directly, that I love what they do. I love how intentional they are. They're so impactful and I want to share them with you and maybe introduce you to something new or learn about something new. And so we'll be doing this series for the next four weeks together. (laughs) I'm just really, really giddy to introduce you to some of my favorite people. And Kristen, I will be giving a reintroduction to because she's an incredible astrologist. I've had plenty of readings over my lifetime being in the wellness industry for 10 years And nothing has ever resonated the way in which Kristen does a reading. It's just, she's so wise and makes it so digestible. It's grounded and refreshing and tangible. And she's going to be going over the next few months what to expect, what's in the stars, what's in the planets. And there's going to be a few dates, some really good ones about relationships with others. If you're single, if you're in a partnership, relationship to ourselves, when to do the more shadow work and uh, all of that. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so excited for you to listen. So don't worry about writing all down, down all the dates. Go to the show notes. There's the link right there for you that's going to take you to Kristen's blog post that has all of them ready for you. Plug them into your calendar. It's such a beautiful time for those rituals to just self-reflect. We're going to be talking about the retrograde. So much good stuff. So I'm going to cut the fluff because you know I love to cut the fluff. Let's get straight into the conversation. And I'd like to reintroduce Kristen Stevens to the podcast. So this week we are welcoming Kristen Stevens back to the podcast. I'm just going to refer to her as like our in-house astrologer with that. She is the person you want to go to for all things astrology. And we're going to be doing a new series where we're going to be doing quarterly check-ins, quarterly astrological check-ins. So this is, I'm not the expert here, but I will let Kristen take it away in just a second. But I just <laughs> wanted to introduce her real quickly of, we're going to look at almost like a forecast for the next few months, right, Kristen, of like what to expect, what's coming up, what's, how to navigate it all. Um, what, what more can I say there? Like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm like, oh, I'm so giddy. Um, but yeah, that's, I figured that chunking it down into quarters, I feel like makes it a little bit more manageable where we're not having to like go and check back every single week or then having to take in information for an entire full year. (laughs) Cause 
if you know anything about astrology, or even if you don't, there's just a lot of stuff constantly going on. So I figured, okay, we can break this down into quarters and then talk about the upcoming quarter and just like the main dates and themes of what to expect. And like you said, and how to kind of navigate through those specific energies. And yeah, I'm so excited. Yay. So where are we starting? Are we starting with Libra season or where, where are we beginning? You take it away. Yes. Yeah. So we'll cover Libra season, Scorpio season and Sagittarius season. Those are kind of like the three upcoming astrological seasons. Um, And so Libra season starts on September 22nd and goes through October 22nd. And by the way, I'm going to be throwing out like a bunch of dates and I have written a full blog post with all of this information in there. So you don't have to take a million notes as you listen to this. You can just head to my website and it will be there for you all ready to go. Perfect. And we'll link the link in the show notes too. So we'll just take them directly there. Yeah. So they can have all of these dates. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Make it super easy. And yeah. So, okay. So starting with Libra season, which is coming up soon, right? This airs on the 17th and Libra season starts on the 22nd. So it'll just be coming up in a few days after this podcast airs. And Libra season has a huge emphasis on relationships because Libra is the sign of the relationship maker and the peacekeeper and the harmonizer of the Zodiac. So we have an extra added emphasis on relationships during Libra season in general. And one of the interesting things that will happen during this Libra season is that we have our last Mercury retrograde of the year. Thank God that happens. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) Like third and final. Okay, we can wrap this up for this year and we'll have another three next year. But (laughs) this year's Mercury retrogrades were actually super interesting because all three of them fell in air signs, which is quite rare. And so um, there was a huge theme this whole year on relationships and communication and um, all of the elements that we associate with air signs, which have to do with relating to others in general. So this Mercury retrograde, it will happen in the sign of Libra. Mercury will be in Libra and it will go retrograde from September 27th through October 18th. And One of the questions that I got before we hopped onto this podcast from someone on Instagram was like, what the hell is Mercury retrograde? Like we hear all of these things about, oh, don't book travel or meetings might be unexpectedly canceled. It just kind of seems like anything and everything that could go wrong, we just blame it on Mercury retrograde during those three weeks, right? It's like, oh, it's it's just Mercury retrograde. (laughs) Um, it's so true. I always make the the quote unquote mistake. Like I think I've had every big launch I've ever had falls on a Mercury retrograde, which it's, it hasn't affected the, like the sales, but then there's always, it always comes with technical glitches. Like every single time it's like one of my systems goes down or like something happens. And I'm like, damn it. I forget. Like, cause I don't plan out my schedule according to 
like when the retrogrades happen. So I, yeah, I would love to just like hear your viewpoint on the retrogrades. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not wrong, right? Like technology glitches, they tend to happen quite more frequently during Mercury retrograde because Mercury is the planet of communication um, in I'm like, what are words right now? In Greek mythology, I was about, I was Greek <laughs> astrology, and I was like, that's not right. In Greek mythology, <laughs> <you're> like, <laughs> um, Mercury was the messenger god. And so Mercury has to do with all forms of communication and words and media and technology, um, as well as travel. It's kind of the planet that is associated with travel. And Mercury retrogrades, while all of those things can happen, we can have glitches across all areas of communication, across travel, within media. The the lesson behind Mercury retrograde is more to go inwards and to have communication with ourselves. So all the planets, except for the sun and the moon, can go retrograde. And when that happens, it's like the planetary energy that is typically expressed outwardly is turned more inwards. And so again, Mercury communication, we normally are in communication with others. But during Mercury retrograde, we need to be in communication with ourselves. It's a time, you'll see this everywhere if you Google Mercury retrograde, it's like reflect, reassess, review. Um, Those are like the big things that people associate with that time. And it's true. It's an amazing time for introspection and journaling um, and just getting your thoughts out to yourself. And this particular Mercury retrograde, because it's happening in the sign of Libra, is a time for us to assess how we show up and communicate in relationships. Like take a a time to go inwards within ourselves and ask like, okay, how am I showing up? How am I communicating? What's getting kind of lost in translation within my relationships? And how can I clean that up a little bit? Not necessarily during that Mercury retrograde time, but maybe afterwards moving forwards. It's just a time to kind of review and reflect on, on that theme. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was going to be my question too, is that during that reflection period, do we, so say it's in partnership or say it is with a friendship that we're having maybe some tension with, like when we do those reflections, when is the, when is the most supportive time to communicate it with the other person? And it would be afterwards, like after the retrograde? Yeah, I typically would say afterwards, um, just because things can get kind of lost in translation during Mercury retrograde. So I suppose if you both go in knowing that it is Mercury retrograde and knowing that that some wires might get crossed, then you can kind of give each other grace in that regard. And I would recommend that if you do decide or if it's just sometimes things happen and it's like, oh, we are in it's I didn't even intentionally get us here into this conversation but here we are and we need to have it so I think just in those moments if you can remember like okay (laughs) there can be times where there are miscommunications can I give the other person grace and can I give that grace to myself too in these moments oh I love that I yeah I really I really love that I have another question popping up too so I think it's more so, I guess I'd say more so in terms of partnership, because I feel like with a lot of partnerships, 
like I'll at least mine use mine for example like I am very like I love informing myself about these things in different periods like this and I don't have a partner that's also like informing himself about these things so do you and I don't know if you relate to this at all with your partnership is there a way that you enter the conversations with someone I, I guess like to not to like I don't know if I would say like bring awareness, but just like speaking with someone who maybe doesn't have the same understanding with you, like what tools or which, how do you navigate that? I suppose is how I'm trying to phrase it. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, my partner is n like not nearly as into astrology as I am. <laughs> he's learned, he's learned for sure over the years. So now he knows what Mercury retrograde and all of that is. But at first, it was more of just, I would have to set the stage of like, hey, we're in a time period right now where there might be some miscommunication. So like, I'll let him know next week, like, hey, we're going, we're coming up on this time. And so just so you know, there might be these, these tensions that come up or these kind of miscommunications that come up. And I now, now again, he knows what Mercury retrograde is, but I would just say, don't try to explain all of the words and verbiage because I think that so much can get lost in that. Just say, hey, time for miscommunication. So let's give each other grace. Even just hearing you speak about that, it's almost like having the awareness as the partner who has more understanding allows me to, because I'm a very emotional person, to like kind of hold off from maybe executing anything and just giving myself grace, giving them grace for anything that they're, maybe they don't have the awareness. So like giving them grace, giving myself grace and like processing it first before I need to speak up about things feels, it, it kind of allows me to, I think I'm looking at this from a very personal perspective. It allows me to like simmer my emotions down before I'm like, what? I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Well, it's so true. And I think that like, again, while all of those things can go quote unquote wrong during Mercury retrograde, I think that if we do switch the focus to being like, okay, how can this be an opportunity for me to like, get to know myself a little bit better. And I think that when we take the time to do that, that automatically our ability to communicate with others gets better as well. I think that that is the gift of Mercury retrogrades, that it's not just all like gloom and doom and the world is going to end during these three weeks. It's like, okay, there are gifts to be had. We just have to be aware of them and tap into that energy, like take advantage of that. So totally. Yeah. I also am thinking, cause we were kind of talking about um, before we recorded about some people that we know that are single, like what, and I guess because I always talk about partnership, I'd love to include those who are single. Like if this is a time to evaluate relationships, is there, and maybe not in terms of friendship, if they are single or they're just starting to date, um, what are things that they could reflect? Like would their dating history would be something to reflect on or what would you, like, what area could they lean into if they're not in that partnership right now? Or is it like thinking about the partnership they want to be in? Like, what would you what would you say would be supportive during this this particular retrograde in, in particular? Well, it's interesting because during this retrograde, for the majority of it, Venus, the planet of relationships, is going to be in the sign of Scorpio. And Scorpio is all about 
shadow work. We'll talk about that when we get to like Scorpio season when the sun is in Scorpio. (laughs) Hope I'm not losing anyone here. But Venus, the planet of relationships will be in the sign of shadow work during the majority of Mercury retrograde. So it really is a time in my interpretation of it, it is a time to go inwards and to realize, uh, to get radically honest with ourselves, basically. And Scorpio can sometimes be a slightly uncomfortable energy because facing those like capital T truths can sometimes feel uncomfortable, right? Especially when it's like, okay, how can I take a little bit more responsibility or be more honest with myself about how I'm showing up in relationships. Um, That's what I would recommend people do during this time, tapping into that energy. And again, giving yourself moments of grace, not allowing it to just be like, oh, like getting stuck in the shadow, but shedding light on that area and then recognizing, okay, what would I like to do moving forward? Okay. Love it. Thank you. I feel like that's so clear. (laughs) I hope so. Well, and it's funny too, because like, So obviously during Libra season, with every quote unquote season, we have a new moon that's in the same sign of that season. So with Libra season, we have a new moon in Libra where both the sun and the moon are in Libra. And then we have a full moon in Aries, which is the opposite sign to Libra. And we have a new moon and full moon in each astrological season. But then the next season is Scorpio season, which will bring up a lot of shadow work for that entire month as well. So did you want to talk about like each new moon and full moon in the seasons? Or should we just kind of like keep it moving on to the more um, major dates? No, let's talk about the new moon and the full moon. Because I feel like everyone, not everyone, but I feel like so many people have their rituals around that and really look look towards those two dates in particular as kind of um, just like a time to check in with themselves. So I'd love to talk about those. Okay, cool. So we have a new moon in Libra on October 6th. And new moons are a time that provide us a blank slate where the sky is dark. It is another time for introspection to kind of go inwards and get clear on what it is that we would like to call in, what it is that we would like to fill that metaphorical blank slate with. And the new moon in Libra, the sign of relationships, has this theme around, again, what we would like to call in in relationships, um, what we are looking for in a partner, what we are looking for in ourselves within relationships. Um, So that is the new moon. And I'll talk about the full moon in a second, but I just wanted to make a note because I was always so confused about like, okay, are new moons for calling in? Are they for releasing our full moons? Like I could never keep them straight in my mind. I would have to Google it all the time. Same here. (laughs) What helped me remember, I'm kind of like a a visual learner and I like mnemonic devices and all those things. But what helped me remember is that to think about what the moon is doing after that phase. So like, the new moon, again, the night sky is dark. It's like a completely black moon, I suppose. And then after that, the moon's light grows, right? The moon waxes up to the full moon where it's completely full. So after the new moon, it's growing. So we're calling in what we want, right? As it grows. And then the full moon, it's completely bright. It's completely full. And after that, 
it starts to wane, it gets smaller. And so full moons are about releasing, clearing out, letting go. I've never heard anyone describe it that way. And that's so helpful. That is so helpful because I'm visual too. I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) that makes so much sense. (laughs) Yes. Okay, good. I'm so glad because yeah, I could could just never figure out like how to remember this. Um, Okay, so yes, the new moon in Libra, calling in things within relationships. The full moon in Aries would be about releasing. So when full moons happen, the sun and the moon are in opposite signs. So the sun will still be in Libra. We're still in Libra season. The moon is in the opposite sign to Libra, Aries. And it's about, again, releasing, letting go. And when Libra and Aries are in relationship with one another. It's it's an interesting dynamic because Aries is really fiery. It's um, a a self oriented sign, and Libra is an other oriented sign. And again, it's the sign of the peacekeeper and the harmonizer. So when we try to find the balance between those two energies, in my perspective, it's like recognizing which which side we tend to fall more towards are we do we tend to be pacifying and people pleasing and take up that role where we have to make ourselves smaller in relationships with others or are we on the more airy side of that where we are not allowing space for other people or maybe being too fiery in certain situations and kind of whatever side you lean towards if during the Aries full moon, if you can kind of release some of that excess energy so that you can find balance between those two. And we all have these energies within us too. I just want to say people are like, oh, well, I don't have any Aries. So this full moon doesn't apply to me. It's like, well, it's happening to all of us. And everyone has all 12 signs in their chart. There might not be planets there. There might not be an extra emphasis on those specific signs, but we all have all 12 signs. So they, they do affect all of us. Mm, Yeah. Thank you for that. Does, so then, okay. So then do we go into Scorpio season after is, do you feel like that we touched on Libra or is there anything else for Libra? I think that that's probably good for Libra. There's also, um, towards the, the middle and end of Libra season, the sun and Mars, the planet of like action and assertion, they kind of meet up in the sky. So it's again, an extra push to like take action to make the changes that we want to make in relationships. So it's helpful when we spent all this time contemplating what to do and going inwards and all of this, when Mars and the sun meet up, then we're kind of pushed in the direction of taking action. Oh, that's like my, I mean, my favorite time ever is inspired action. Like the reflection period is so hard for me where I'm like, oh, I just want to like take the action to make the changes. But it's so much more effective or impactful or supportive to not just myself, but those around me when I give myself the reflection period of the retrograde or just whatever we call the processing time and then and then take the action when it's, yeah, when it's more supported astrologically for us. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And I think that with everything across life, that's what we need, right? It's like, okay, you can do all of the navel gazing that you want, but unless you're willing to actually do the actual work and take action, then, then that serves no purpose. Right. So yeah, it's, I'm thankful that the stars have aligned in that way. (laughs) And then we get into Scorpio. I love Scorpio season. I don't know if it's because of my Scorpio moon, but I, I just, I, and I've always had such a 
like uh, affinity for like Scorpio suns. So I, I welcome Scorpio season. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I feel like Scorpio, it's one of the most misunderstood signs. And I kind of feel like it's similar to what I was saying about Mercury retrograde, where it's like when anything bad happens, they, people just blame it on Mercury retrograde. I feel like Scorpio is that sign in the Zodiac where people are like, Oh, th- those Scorpios, they're crazy. It's like, totally. okay. And I love Scorpios and Scorpio energy. Again, it's about shadow work. It's about being radically honest and calling out truths and bringing light to the parts of ourselves that we might um, want to sweep under the rug, but we need to deal with. So Scorpio season is a good time for doing like shadow work um, for going again within and kind of digging up that stuff that, yeah, it might feel uncomfortable, but if we keep suppressing it, it's going to manifest in other ways, right? It, that energy is going to come out in other ways. So if we're able to take it upon ourselves to deal with it on our own terms, I feel like it can help us. It might feel uncomfortable in the moment, but it could save us from some way more uncomfortable situations down the line. And I think that's why people, to be honest, give Scorpio such a hard time because it can be really challenging to have our shadows called out to us. And Scorpios can kind of see through all of the bullshit, right? Like they're like, "Mm, I, I see you, your Scorpio moon is like, you cannot lie to me. Like I see right through that. And some people that's hard for them. So I get it. But at the same time too, I think that if we are able to switch our perspective and embrace that time for what it is and embrace Scorpios for who they are and what they bring to the table, we could all get such a deeper healing. Like Scorpio has this really shamanic, deep healing energy within it. Yes. It goes to the depths, the depths, <laughs> the pits of the depths, which yes. I love. <laughs> but yeah, I get why. Yes. Yeah. It can be uncomfortable for people. Like I totally, totally get it. But what are the, so what, there's the new moon and full moon in Scorpio season. What, what dates are those and what can we look forward to? Okay, so the new moon in Scorpio is November 4th. So again, new moons happen when the sun and the moon are in the same sign. So both sun and the moon are in Scorpio November 4th. Again, a good time for shadow work, for that introspective time to go inwards um, and to, yeah, to, to call in what we would like if that is something where t- calling in inspired action or calling in these things that again we don't necessarily we can't readily access within ourselves the new moon in scorpio is a good time to um yeah to call that in and it's also interesting because it's d- what we call directly opposing uranus and taurus and that probably just sounds like a bunch of jargon <laughs> but um <laughs> but it's like to the degree exactly opposite the planet Uranus, which is the planet of like unpredictability and change and individuality. And so it asks us to basically to go inwards and do that shadow work and also to kind of break up with those habits that are holding us back um, to break up with the, with allowing uncomfortability to prevent us from doing the deep work. It's a, it's a really powerful new moon basically. Yeah. That one's like right up my alley. (laughs) 
<laughs> that one in the calendar. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be really powerful. <laughs> and then the full moon, the full moon happens on November 19th. And the full moon on November 19th is actually a lunar eclipse. And so have you heard of eclipse seasons? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So eclipse seasons are really, really, really powerful times as well. Um, eclipses have to do with the nodes. I'm going to try to not get too jargony here, but eclipses have to do with the nodes, like the North node and the South node. If you've heard of that, I know that you have Caitlin, cause we've talked about it in your chart, but the nodes have to do with our karma or past lives or our comfort zone. That's like more South node energy. And the North node has to do with our dharma or our purpose kind of what we're reaching towards in this lifetime when we get out of our south node comfort zone and so during these eclipse seasons which happen a couple times a year typically um we have the opportunity to deal with our karmic path and to evolve and so this first one lunar eclipse and another little just like way to remember things. <laughs> I love this stuff. Lu to me, when I think of lunar eclipse, it's with the full moon. So that like U-L-U-L, -L, I'm like lunar eclipse, full moon. Okay, got it. And then solar eclipse happens, happen with new moons, which I don't have anything for that one. But just remember, lunar <laughs> full. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this is an interesting eclipse season because... Um, the first, the lunar eclipse is in Taurus, and then the the following solar eclipse is in a different sign pairing. And I realize I'm about to go down a rabbit hole, so I'm not going to do that. But basically, this first eclipse on November 19th, it will shed light on the eclipses that will happen next year. So the nodes will change signs um, in January, and then the, the eclipses will be in Taurus and Scorpio next year as the nodes will change. So yeah, again, that probably all sounds like wow. a lot of jargon, but basically powerful time, November 19th through December 4th, that pocket is a powerful time for um, dealing with our karma, or if you know anything about the North and South node in your chart, it's a good time um, to... Yeah, to move out of your south node and towards your north node. Interesting. Does that make okay. sense? I love that. <laughs> yeah. And if they don't know anything about their nodes, they need to book a reading with you and learn because it's so <laughs> helpful. But that was one of my favorite things to learn about was the nodes because that is something that can feel really complicated for me to understand. I mean, so much of it feels complicated and you just break it down in such a digestible way that I'm going to be going back to my session notes from our reading during that period <laughs> to like lean into that. Yes. No, it's, I feel like they're one of my favorite things to talk about because we, with our South node energy, again, that being kind of like our past lives and this, if you believe in that, and if not, if you would prefer to think about it as your comfort zone, we all can really relate to our South node. Like I have never done a reading for someone who's like, that does not at all feel like energy that I am familiar with because it's something, um, yeah, it is. It's our comfort zone. It's kind of what we retreat to. And it can in some ways like hold us back or prevent us from reaching our truest potential in this lifetime, which is represented by our North node. So 
it's not like we need to fully embody our North node and fully leave behind our South node, but it's like integrating those two energies so that we can kind of move forward in this lifetime rather than staying stuck in our comfort zone. So I love talking about the nodes. <laughs> That's so helpful. That's really, really helpful. It's so funny because I haven't really, I, I haven't, like as soon as you told me, because I have a North node in Aquarius and I always put more mm-hmm. fixation on learning about that without, I think, uh, without like really confronting like what I'm comfortable with, with what is that? My <laughs> note is in Leo. Leo. Like, I, yeah. So like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to use that week to like really, really, really look at what my comfort zone is and where I'm not actually like growing more leading with that North node. So I'm really, I'm excited about this. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And with the Leo South node, I, with every South node, again, it's not like, oh, I need to just totally leave that behind, but it's integrating the higher vibration. So like taking your leadership abilities, your ability to have this big presence in spaces, taking that and moving in the direction of not caring as much about what people think, inhabiting the more Aquarian rebellious energy for lack of a better word future and forward thinking but with that leadership energy so just that no big deal (laughs) I'm like uncomfortably shifting like oh no oh man no it's perfect I love that explanation um okay what's what's next what do we have next oh I love this so much Next and final, we have Sagittarius season um, from November 22nd through December 21st. And during Sagittarius season, at on December 4th, we have what I was just talking about, the solar eclipse, the new moon in Sagittarius. And again, I feel like every time I say all of these words, I'm just like going way down into rabbit holes. And so all of this, y'all, will be on the blog post. So if you're like, okay, I'm starting to get a little lost, head to the blog post and it will be like written out for you. Um, Amazing. (laughs) But this solar eclipse, new moon in Sagittarius, it's the last time to work with the energies of the Sagittarius and Gemini nodes, because again, like I said, the nodes will change signs in January to, instead of Sag and Gemini, like they're in right now, they'll change to Taurus and Scorpio. So it's a final time. And for anyone out there who has Sagittarius and Gemini nodes, regardless of which is North and which is South, Um, This is a really, really powerful time for you because it's, again, this extra push (laughs) towards your karmic path. So, um, yeah, December 4th, new moon in Sag. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Sag is all about freedom and liberation. And it's, um, yeah, it's another powerful day. So December 4th, mark it on your calendars. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then we have, oh, we have a Venus retrograde on December 19th. And Ooh. yeah, that's really interesting because um, it happens every few years. It's not something like Mercury retrograde, which happens like basically every few months. Um, and the last time, so this Venus retrograde is going to happen in the sign of Capricorn. And the last time that there was a Venus retrograde in Capricorn. It was like end of 2013, early 2014. And so it's kind of um, 
the culmination of a cycle that has gone on since 2013, 2014 within the realm of relationships. So again, it's a time to kind of start anew, start afresh and to release any old patterns or habits that were holding you back in relationships. Um, And it's also Venus is the planet of relationships, but it's also the planet of love and beauty. And again, retrogrades mean that the planetary energy is moving more inwards. And so it's about a lot of self-love, about finding that beauty within mm. ourselves and connecting I with our hearts. I think that's such a perfect time. Oh, sorry. I no, was going to say ahead. really quickly. I think it's such a perfect time with it being the end of the year. Like we always go into the new year. I don't want to say, I don't want to say resolutions, but we always go into each new year kind of with these intentions. And I think what a beautiful time to end this year with some reflection on how we love ourselves and go into the new year with maybe some different or new or evolved intentions, I think is so beautiful. I, you took the words out of my mouth. I could not agree more because I feel like that time of, of the year, it's so weird. It can feel like there are the holidays going on. There's just so, there's so much energy at that time of the year, but it also can feel like a time where we look back and especially some of us can have a tendency to see, like we were talking about before this episode, before we started recording, like look back and just be like, Oh, it's just not enough. Like I, it's, I'm not where I need to be. I didn't accomplish this year what I wanted to and all of that. And so I agree. If we can give ourselves moments of grace and self-love and reflect on what we do truly love about ourselves and what's truly meaningful to our hearts rather than what we're told we should care about, I think that that will help to set um, intentions for the next year that are more grounded in what will truly bring us fulfillment rather than what we think that we should do. Wow. I, I just feel like that's just such beautiful time. I love that so much. And I love what you said about it being around the holidays and yeah, reflecting on our year and telling ourselves we didn't do enough. It's like, what an opportune time to just really, really, really celebrate ourselves and everything that we have done this year and that we made it through this year (laughs) and love ourselves for that (laughs) yes for 100% I could not have said it better so yeah I think that we should all give ourselves a pat on the back (laughs) making it through these last couple of years so yeah hopefully that Venus in retrograde will be um yeah received well and that we can really take that time to give ourselves love. One of the people that will be coming onto the podcast for our four-week conversational series is Daniela from Lunaria Design Studio. And I know I've talked about her the past two episodes, the full month of September I've been talking about Daniela, because I've been working with her one-on-one to design all of the branding, all of the creative for the new business that I'm starting that I haven't told you about yet. And I cannot wait for you to hear from her yourself because she is so intuitive, so kind, so wise. And she's going to be talking, I'm going to be asking her all about the branding process, where to start as a small business, when to bring someone on. She's going to be sharing all of that with us. And It's just, I feel so grateful to be in a position to be working with her for this new business because creative and branding is the hardest, most difficult part for me. And I knew 
when I was going to work with someone, I wanted it to be someone who is just as intentional about what they did as I am about what I do. And she is that person to a T. So I cannot wait to introduce her here on the podcast. In the meantime, if you're an intentional entrepreneur ready to take your business to that next level with that beautiful branding, Daniela from Lunaria Design Studio is who you want to work with. I've tagged all of her information in the show notes below and you'll be able to experience her firsthand in the next coming weeks on the podcast. Did we get to everything? Because if we have time, we could touch on the few questions. Is there anything else we want to leave off on? I don't think so. I feel like that's that's it through Sagittarius season. On December 23rd or 24th, we do have um, the last Saturn in Uranus square. And we'll cover that next time just because it's a, it's another whole big topic. Um, but that is coming. And it could there could be, if I were to sum it way, way, way down, this is a gross oversimplification. But on December 23rd or 24th, there could be extra tension in the air. So if you don't listen to next quarter's podcast, just again, try to give yourself and any family members that you may or may not be around some grace during that time and do what you can to ground like getting (laughs) it's it's happening in Aquarius and Taurus and Taurus is all about uh, being in nature and during moments of tension in general, I find nature to be really helpful to ground. So yeah, if you are feeling a little discombobulated on that day, go put your feet in the grass or the sand or whatever. It's going to be this. I'm a little concerned because it's going to be the snow over here. And I'm like, with yeah. the- <laughs> I'm like uh, I think I need to like plan a trip back to Phoenix around that time. Yes. I'm going to need some sunshine. <laughs> Uh, I think, oh my but gosh. at least for you, you can just go outside. You it's can just true. like eat in the nature. It's so lucky. It's oh, so, so it's so beautiful. Live. Like, and December is usually not when the seasonal depression is like really hit yet. It's like wow, the snow, <laughs> the beauty of it all. Like, usually around like February, you're like, oh my god, I just need vitamin D. Like, shoot it into my veins. I need the vitamin D. <laughs> Um, oh my god I know I know I'm from Texas originally and I have lived in places with long winters the last like five years and oh it is a real thing February I'm like okay there needs to be some kind of trip planned to sunshine if we can and obviously this last year we couldn't so yeah it's (laughs) I I feel you on that vitamin d is necessary (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh oh okay so what were the couple questions that we wanted to which I feel like you touched on at least one of them during the the so like a few people had sent in questions to Kristen and we'll give you the opportunity every time right before we record the quarterly ones to send in any questions so we have a few that we could touch on at the very end here yes so we talked about mercury retrograde um I feel like we've we've covered that But another person was asking about the difference between like basically asking what is the ascendant or what we call the rising sign. And like quite a few things in astrology, there are a lot of different perspectives. (laughs) Astrologers love to argue with one another about like who's right and who's wrong. And um, (laughs) it's, it's really funny, but I, my interpretation of the ascendant, it is the energy that we project outwards when we first meet someone. So some astrologers will say it's the mask that we wear 
And I like that image because again, I'm, I'm quite like a visual learner, but I do also think that sometimes when we say, oh, it's the mask that we wear, that people feel like they're being fake if they are behaving in a way that is similar to the energetics of their rising sign. And I don't think that that's the case. It's just that we can't show every single bit of us to every single person that we meet. It would not be healthy or safe um, or productive for anyone. And so we kind of have to embody a certain energy when we do first meet people. And it's actually, in my interpretation of it, our soul chose to come in at that exact moment um, with that exact rising sign for a reason that our rising sign can actually really help us to move in the direction of our north node or to um, accomplish what we want to in this lifetime so i would say rather than thinking about it as like oh it's a mask so that's fake and i should never behave like that it's more of like how can i get comfortable that that is how i show up in situations at the start And once people are comfortable with their rising sign, then it's easier for the other parts of them them to kind of come up and come out. And they don't, I feel like when people um, feel really uncomfortable in social situations, there might be uh, some kind of internal conflict with how they show up. Let's say if you are a, a Scorpio rising, Scorpio tends to be slightly more private. So a Scorpio rising person, might not necessarily be the loudest one in the room. But if they grew up with a family where everyone's really loud and yelling over one another all the time, and like, that's the only way to get attention or to feel loved, then there can be this internal conflict with like, well, I don't really want to like, say everything all the time. But in this structure that I grew up in, or what I see in society is like, introverts being a negative kind of connotation and extroverts being positive, it can kind of mess us up a little bit. So that was long winded, but that's my interpretation of the rising sign in general. I think that was so clear and so practical and real and helpful. So I so appreciated that. I love, I've never heard anyone explain it. I've heard that phrase of like, it's the mask that you wear, but I love how you unpacked that because it felt so much more like tangent, I don't know, just more real. Like that totally makes sense to me. So thank you. Oh, good. I'm so glad. (laughs) Um, And then another question was asking about the Pluto return. And basically, anytime that we have a quote unquote return, it's when the planet in the sky currently has returned to the same point as when we were born or in this case it has to do it has it refers to when like the united states was quote unquote born um because pluto return it takes pluto 248 years to go around the zodiac so no one no human experiences a pluto return to my knowledge but um (laughs) the united states is experiencing its pluto return and pluto is the contemporary ruler of Scorpio. So it has those same energies of like shadow work of bringing to light things that might feel like deep wounds or things that we need to deal with. And I think it's pretty clear over this last year or two, uh, the different things that have come to the surface. And so It's an intense time in history, obviously, globally, but especially in the United States. And I think that it's no coincidence that tensions feel 
the highest, at least in my short lifetime, it feels like tensions are way higher in the U.S. now than they have ever been. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So when does it, when does it make its return? Is it currently returning and, or is it, uh, is there like a certain date to look towards or? It's because Pluto moves so slowly. It's <laughs> this, uh, when we experience a Pluto return that happens over like 20 years. I'm not saying that this, that the period oh, of time wow. that we're in right now will last for 20 years yeah. necessarily. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, don't worry guys, but but it, <laughs> everyone's like, oh my god! <laughs> but it's it's what we call peaking right now. So it's at the exact degree, mm. and then it will start to move on. But as it moves on, it's like things will still continue to come up over the next decade. Um, but it's it's peaking at the moment. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Thank you. That's really helpful. <laughs> I think. Yes. Yeah. Like, is there a, a date we can all look forward to? <laughs> no, no. But but it's it's, yes. it's yeah it's happening it's okay. <laughs> it is happening. Oh, no. And it is it will be helpful because in 2023 Pluto moves out of Capricorn and into Aquarius and so there will feel like a shift in energy in 2023. So it, again, sorry. I hope that people were like, "Oh my god, probably turns the podcast off right as I said 20 years." <laughs> like, nope. Um, but but yeah, it in 2023 there will hopefully be a shift in energy, so yeah, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could all use a little a little lightning. But again, the the idea behind Pluto and Scorpio, it's like going down to the depths, bringing light to all of this stuff so that we can heal yeah. from it in a deeper way and move forward. So let's all hope for that. It, absolutely. It's all it's all moving towards that, which is, yeah, we have to do the uncomfortable work to get there. So that absolutely makes sense. Um, was that all our questions yeah. for today? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. We had one more and it was basically about asking if like how to use astrology to recognize or reconcile rather our oh, differences. Yes. And that was, to me, that kind of goes hand in hand with the last question of what we were talking about, about tensions totally. being quite high. And I think that to me, that is the main gift of astrology is recognizing like when we have a deeper understanding of our charts or who we are and all of the different energies that make us up, we can also then understand that like, okay, other people have different energies as well. And neither one is right or wrong or good or bad, but we do come into the world for specific reasons, carrying specific energies. And so I think personally that the more we know ourselves, and the more that we do that shadow work, actually, and are able to see that, like, okay, we are not perfect beings, and we all have our own wounds and faults and ways of behaving that we maybe in a perfect world wouldn't necessarily, and that everyone else has that as well. And that's like part of being human. So I think astrology, to me, it's the gift of astrology is recognizing that there are all of these things going on within all of us. Oh, I love that. I think that's a perfect, a perfect note to leave off on. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you before we sign off? Oh, yes. Um, so my Instagram is now Kristen Stevens Astrology. It's so long, Yay. but I was like, we just got to write all of it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kristen Stevens Astrology. And then my website is, you can either go to kristenstevens.me 
or kristenstevensastrology.com. They'll both take you to the same page. So yep, you can find me on there. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so I'm so excited to be doing this every few months. And yeah, I'm it's just so helpful. I love also the way you've broken it down into just the next like few months. So it doesn't it doesn't feel overwhelming. It feels very, very digestible. And again, we'll have the link directly below to take you to the blog post with all of the dates so that way you can plug it into your Google calendars and just deeper support ourselves. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. It was so much fun. Ugh.